Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I enjoy hearing you every morning. Your mom is so fat, when she wears heels, she strikes oil. (laughs) (laughs) Them hogs, man. Them hogs can't do no wrong, fella. Have you ever slapped a bag, Tommy? 32 days out. Yeah, you can't get to the games until you get to practice. And, you know, no one would ever quit the game if you, all you had to do was play the games. You know, all the hard parts, the summer. It's the early workouts. It's the lifting weights. And, listen, the next four weeks isn't going to be a lot of fun. Really, particularly the next three weeks. But, you know, you get through it because, you you know, it's the games. You know, no one likes the – no one loves the other stuff. They may tell you they do. But it's the games that you love. No one would ever, Jordan would have never retired if all you had to do was play the games. Somehow Brady's figured out the combination, but beyond that, Father Time gets us all. So the games, you got to go through this to get to the games. You know, this is the, the, the darkest part before the dawn is the three weeks of August camp. And anyone, we talked about grueling practices last week that you had in high school and some of the most painful conditioning drills that you used to run. No one in, at least no one I know enjoys that, kind of like you're saying. They will enjoy. That's why players retire. They retire from practice. They retire from camp. You know, they retire from weightlifting. They retire from eating right. They retire from the schedule. No one retires from the games. So, I mean, that's what, that's what these players are are wanting to get to is the, the games. So this is a necessary evil. You've got the fall camp schedule yep. in front of you right now. As I said, the report on Thursday, they'll get going on Friday. We get a chance to talk with Sam Pittman tomorrow at 2 o'clock. I know he's going to be giddy to to get this thing rolling moving forward. Yeah, and report day used to mean something when I was a kid. It doesn't mean anything now because they've, they, they've all been there for a while and um, taking summer classes, doing their seven-on-sevens internally. I mean, there's, there's really no time off anymore being away. But uh, practice one is Friday, uh, just around 5 o'clock. And then their final preseason practice, number 20, is on Saturday the 27th. And right now, that, that final scrimmage, which I assume that last practice will be uh, one of the big scrimmages closed. Scrimmage two is closed, but there is going to be a media availability that previous Saturday on the 20th. Um, and their first scrimmage, it's, it's scheduled on here, is Saturday the 13th. So 
we'll start gaining a little bit of an idea about who this team is, maybe a little bit more following that practice on the 13th. Who has the most to gain of any player in the next three and a half weeks or so? If you had to pick out one guy, was like, that young man is not a starter, or he's not the backup. You say, but you know what? If he proves himself in these next couple days, next couple weeks, he's got more to gain than anyone else on that roster. Hmm. Where's the most most availability right now? Availability for playing time. And, let's just go to let's just my go mind goes to wide receiver just because there's so many options and, and opportunities to to get on the field there. I think that is there just one slot open though? Is it Jaden and Warren and everyone else? And I and I don't know. Clay's the better one that we can talk with on Thursday on what the positions are actually called under Kendall Bryles' offense. But let's go down the list. Trey Knox is your starting tight end. Mm-hmm. You've got four of your five offensive line starters. Clay's under the impression, and I think if he's a, under the impression, I'm going to be under the impression that Luke Jones is going to be your left tackle. That's five locked up. Mm-hmm. Running backs, depending on what Dominique Johnson, what his status is, it's either going to be a Rocket or Dominique. Quarterback, you know what that is. Your offense, outside of kind of that wide receiver position group you mentioned. Then you go to the defensive side of the football. Drew and Bumper up the middle at linebacker. Your back end with Jalen and Miles and I think I can't remember who they're gonna who they're gonna start at corner, but again, this is probably a better conversation exchange for Clay. I would probably tend to agree with you that it's that one or two wide receivers that have the most to gain. And listen, KJ can Sam and all these guys can tell me all they want about how much chemistry has developed between them and the guys, but until I actually see it. I'm going to withhold judgment that this wide receiver room is is ready for SEC football. Because the only thing we saw last year, Tommy, without Traylon Burks, was a disaster in the passing game. Yeah. They could not get anything going against Penn State. Luckily, they pounded the Nittany Lions into oblivion, and you didn't have to worry about it because your offensive line mauled their guys because they were missing, what, like five starters who were opting out for the draft? I think it was something, it was something insane. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to worry about a passing attack because they just crushed their defensive and linebackers and secondary. But that's the only as the only example that we have in front of us of what a passing attack looks like under Kendall Bryles without Burks with KJ to this point. So let's go back to the defensive side of the bowl and talk about that front because is there a place like you know, and, that, and that's a hard place for a freshman, but we've seen it before. You know, a, a grown man that comes in there at 18, 19 years old and, and, and makes an impact. Is there a place in this camp? I mean, because it's kind of like wide receiver. There's a lot of guys that get to play and rotate through that defensive front. Is there a place for a young guy like a, you know, like a Nico Davalier that's, that's a freshman coming in? Let's see, they got him listed at uh, 6'4", 270. He's the kid out of Maumel. He's going to wear number zero. Is, is there a place for, for some young guys over the next three weeks to, you know, to stand out and to earn some time on that line? Because I think depth on that front line is one of the big questions that has to get answered in August. I just look back to the LSU game two years ago, the one you lost at home in Fayetteville. A kick got blocked at the end that I think would have tied it up. And you had such ish, an issue that game because you're – you're playing all young guys in the defensive line because of the COVID. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I just think there's such a difference between playing on the line of scrimmage as a true freshman than a skill position because you're consistently 
battling with your upper and lower body every single play. Not that you don't use those two things at wide receiver, running back, or others. But Tommy, to me, if you're going to play on the defensive or offensive line, it's very rare as a true freshman. So I would tend to think it's probably a skill position that you have better chance as a young guy to make just because I think you need so much more strength on the line of scrimmage as a true threat. That's where I would lean on that. And I agree with you, but I think if if there's a chance in the however much one versus ones you're going to get, you know, you've got some grown men. You've got some experienced players, four of the five starters, like you said, coming back on the offensive line. If if you're able in practice as a young player or, or a player that was, you know, a red shirt last year, like a, a Cam Ball or someone like that, if you can do it in practice against those guys, and I'm not saying Arkansas's got an all-conference offensive line, but it's the best it's been in a while, right? I mean, you're you're coming into the season in a, in a better spot and an elevated launching pad than you've you've been be probably up. since Sam was your coach back under Bielema. They'll be up for the Joe Moore Award, right? At some so point. I'm just saying it's a good it's a good test of what these guys will be able to do and maybe actually get accomplished on a Saturday in a real game based on what they'll be able to do in practice. What's the phrase? Is it litmus? Is it a good litmus test? Yeah. Okay. Good, yeah, good would... barometer on, on kind of where you're at. Yeah. So. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device Advice to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hogs! So Louisville's going to be your first opponent this upcoming Maui Invitational. You're going to play them at, was it 4 o'clock, if I remember that right, Central Time. And I know it's a game on November the 21st. Now that's it's a, that's a Monday. That's start. That's the start. You ever been to Hawaii? No, my parents have. They love it. I've been to poor man's Hawaii. It'd be Mexico. <laughs> I've been to Cabo. I've been to uh, Cabo. I guess is about as close as a uh, guys like us are going to get to to Maui. So, well, mountain, little ocean, Cabo is probably as close as I've been. I've got a. A morning rush listener too that has reached out and told me they're going to try and go to this. They're going to have to price it. What would you anticipate this costing for a couple? Four or five grand? Oh no 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 no! That's probably per head to get there. Oh, it's that much. Well, I mean, just the airfare to get here to there it's, is, it's is pricey. Well, that's yeah. probably a, over a grand. I mean, you might catch. I mean, last time I was pricing airline, I priced one to Hawaii to Maui, but. Uh, yeah, it wasn't cheap. It's a thousand bucks or so to get over there. It's a long flight. So, but, uh, and nothing's cheap in Hawaii. Like, happy hours, $20 wines over there, I'm told. I mean, it's not, it's not a lot of fun. Jeez. So, uh, I mean, but it's in the middle of the ocean. What do you expect? Everything's got to be flown in or boated in. So, uh, the tough part for fans, and unless you want to, because if you go, then you got to make a whole week of it for Thanksgiving. Because, and then if you don't go, you've got to, 
If you don't go for Thanksgiving, you got to go. The way, I mean, you can get your money's worth on a trip like that, right? So that's that's the tough part. Is the, just the week it is. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week, which is just part of the tradition of this of this tournament. So uh, Hogs are going there. And I think they play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then they'll probably be home in time for Turkey Day. I don't want to miss Thanksgiving with the family to go to this. And if I go to Hawaii, Maui's a great spot. I hear that. If you're going over there, that's the place to go on all the islands. Well, you'll play either the winner or the loser of Texas Tech and Creighton, which are going to be both good basketball teams this year. So loaded group. Ohio State, San Diego State, Cincinnati, and Arizona also included in this invitational. So Arkansas is fortunate enough to be invited. They'll go to the Bahamas next year. They've got, again, this upcoming trip to Spain and Italy. So basketball-wise, you've got some options, if you will, to attend as a fan and the players and coaches I think are going to find some free time to do some other stuff as well. Man, you think about these. I mean, Louisville's a great matchup. You know, tradition-rich program. And then you're going to play, like you said, uh, either Creighton or Texas Tech. So you could play, you'll play Louisville, and then you could play Texas Tech in the next game. I mean, that's that's some great competition early in the year. And I don't know anything about Creighton. That may be a great game too. But if you played if you played Louisville and Texas Tech in your first two games over there, you'd have a really good sense leaving Hawaii where you're at. Creighton will be preseason top ten this year. So that will unless they just have a complete drop off to where they start. The preseason, that will be a really good basketball team headed up by McDermott, who seems like he's been there for 50 years. So that'll be a a, a fun tournament. I know it's a while away. November seems like it's just a year away, even though it's, it's not too far. But I know people are excited about that upcoming tournament. Now, the other place that Arkansas fans should be excited about is the team going to Italy and Spain. Now, their first game is Tuesday, August the 9th in Valencia. The good thing is it's 12.30 Central. Let me get you a little Italian, Italian music, now. music yeah, now. I'll change up the, the, the tunes here for you. Play we'll go from Maui to Italy. Lady in the Tramp music. <laughs> I'll take the, the spaghetti background. with meatballs, sir. Yes, so. please. They'll play in Barcelona. Where else are they playing? Extra Parmesan cheese on that, please. Como. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where Como, Italy was. There's some cool sights on this. The Arkansas fans will... Well, they pay the $30, though, that you have to with Flow Sports so to let's, watch let's, this. Yeah, let's back up on that. It's now available on stream. And you say, well, what time are these games? They're going to be around noon or 1 o'clock, our time. Because it's a seven-hour difference between Italy and Spain and the central time zone of, of the United States. So, one third, let's see, uh, it'll be at uh, 7.30 on that Tuesday is when you'll be able to watch it. I mean, part 7.30 local time, 12.30 our time. And then one thirty for their second game, twelve thirty for their third game, and then the fourth game. I think it's at that, that same time. Twelve be at eleven thirty, I think, or t- you, twelve noon. Did you buy Flow Sports for baseball when they played in I, Texas? I never did buy that. And everyone, not everyone, a lot of people that I talked to that did lay out the the thirty bucks or whatever for the because what you do is you buy it for a month, get the subscription, then you cancel it. Right, so that's that's the trick there. And if you forget to cancel it, well, guess what? You're going to get reminded on your next credit card statement. So, uh, how many people are going to be able to watch an entire game at twelve thirty or one o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of August? I mean, that could, could you get your money's worth? That's not that much per game when you think about it. Four games, thirty bucks. You mean paying, you know, seven eight bucks a game? So. It's not a money deal. It's just 
do you have time to even watch any of it? And it's going to be weird because you've got the cameras and everything. Obviously, they're in Italy and Spain, and Brett Dolan and Z are going to be back in Fayetteville doing the commentating. Just be aware, and I was talking to Andrew Hutchinson about this last night. If you see that fifteen ninety nine option, that's per month, and it's an annual deal of like one hundred and fifty. So don't no, buy that. Don't get suckered in. Going, don't get suckered in. That is not the the right way to go. I'm curious though, the U of A can somehow get those numbers. How many Arkansas basketball fans you end up buying? That package, I tend to agree with you, well, Tommy. Because that's who's it. probably getting a lot of the money is the U of A. Yeah, so. I tend to agree with you with it being where it is in the time of the day it is. I don't think it's going to get a ton of a good feedback. I could be completely wrong about that. Yeah, but I just think hey, with, people are excited about this basketball team that they are, and, and I'm going to tell you, it would be worth thirty dollars of of your money out there. To watch Nick Smith at four games. I mean, I'd spring for the 30 bucks if we had a place that, you know, the studio, we can't really watch it. We're doing halftime in here. I mean, if we had a place we could kind of gather and watch or it made sense. If I'm a restaurant right now, I don't know how, what the rules are on that, but I would spring for the 30 bucks if I've got a, a bar or whatever with a TV and, that, and I had enough internet to make that work. I think some people would come eat lunch with you uh, those days to... To watch those games. I think the question is, with it having issues in the states from a technical standpoint. I don't trust I think, that, yeah. I think that Arkansas fans are a little skeptical after what kind of happened during the baseball games that, hey, if it's if it doesn't work in Texas, who's to say it's going to work in what's been described as high school gyms that they'll be playing in? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. The gyms, the, the high school gyms we have here will be much nicer than what they're going <laughs> I in. mean if you if you went to any of the uh the schools in Northwest Arkansas Fayetteville's there there are arenas that the high schools play in here so no these will be like uh these will be like the gyms your dad played in in 3A high school or something <laughs> somewhere across you know the old gym you know the, the the you know there's a lot of these high schools now have three gyms on campus this is mm-hmm. the old one they use for storage uh, those are the kind of they'll have ashtrays at the end of the floor for the players to take a smoke break during the during the timeout because you know they they leave their job at the marina and they can play basketball so this is a great trip good bonding good time for them to play i don't know what you can really take away from these these performances is other than just watching Arkansas win or lose. I'm not sure what you'll you'll get out of these, but your the facilities. I would imagine most of them won't be even on par with a lot of the high school arenas we're accustomed to here. JT and Hot Springs suggesting that ESPN Arkansas pay for a Flow Sports package and give the password to all the listeners as a tax write off. I don't know if that's how that works. Is that how that works? Yeah. What, would we be shut down for sharing the password? I mean, that, that, I'm going to tell you, that's when society will fall apart. When Netflix, when Hulu, when YouTube and all these people shut down, all of us sharing HBO Max, sharing the passwords, that's when we're going to have anarchy in our society. So and The first purge that well, we've ever actually oh yeah? seen. Yeah, it's, it's going to be bad. So. All right, some other headlines to get to. We mentioned Sam's press conference tomorrow. Sam Pittman live resumes on August the 24th. That's the Wednesday and I know a lot of people are excited to hear from that, go to that. Uh, that's something that a lot of fans kind of center their time around that Wednesday. And I'm assuming it's 7 o'clock per usual, Tommy. I didn't yeah, see I, I haven't heard any different. Okay, so that will probably be what I think that's the man tomorrow when he's back in here. But, yeah. hey, I was, Wednesdays, it's, it's kind of the, the, the tradition that they've said. That's good part, uh, good day, middle of the week to, to do that. So, uh, yeah, 7 o'clock, and we'll have it right here on 
all these stations you're listening to now. Come NFL storylines, Deshaun Watson, that rule he came down, he suspended six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. He's not going to pay an additional fine. What did you make of that ruling yesterday? Well, it'll be interesting to see if the NFL comes back and appeals this ruling. They have, I think it's three days to come back and, and decide right. that they don't want, uh, that they don't like the independent arbiters ruling that it's not severe enough. Um, I think from a marketing's not the right word from a public relations standpoint, the NFL has got to really figure out if they want to drag this out some more, or if there's going to be some backlash, particularly from the, the, female side of, of their fan base and don't discount that part i mean there is there's plenty of, of of the ladies that like watching the nfl that participate uh in fantasy football that 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 are ingrained in in what they're doing is there going to be a perception are there going to be some of the media that try to make the point that six games is not severe enough and the nfl should do more to hand out or, or see that there is a heavier punishment handed out so but does the nfl want to go through the process of an appeal or let this this situation this story just become part of the background so i think that's the interesting thing is to see what roger goodell and the nfl does and whether or not they just accept the ruling which by the way was handed down by a female arbiter or do they say no we we want a stiffer penalty here what stood out to me is the comparison of Calvin Ridley getting a full year of suspension for betting on games and then this. That mm-hmm. was the comparison that was hammered and, and hit on several times. And again, I I haven't paid enough attention to everything involved with this situation, but the optics of what it is and then I, I mean I don't I'm not the one to be judge, jury, well, and executioner in this case, and I have been very vocal that I have a Deshaun Watson jersey from Clipson sitting in my closet right now. And I loved watching that young man in college. And I just don't know what to make of all of this. Yeah, I haven't read every word of every document. I've heard a lot of what you out there have listened to, what you've, what you've listened to and read, Ty. But the, the thing that would bother me is, what if you were a teammate of Deshaun Watson, now in Cleveland, formerly Houston? How would you feel about this guy in your locker room? And I know we put we prioritize winning above a lot of things, but you know this was one or two accusations or a handful of accusations. You you might come to a, to a conclusion that might be a little bit different about who he is as a person. But when they're willing to settle, and I think they settled all but one of the twenty four claims at this point, and there's one that the judge threw out the settlement, so that's the reason it hasn't been settled. And they're paying that kind of money. I don't say a settlement's always an admission of guilt, but when there's 24 accusations that are almost identical, I think that tells you who you've got as a teammate here. Does that creep you out a little bit? Is that is that I mean, is that a guy you want in your foxhole when things turn bad, particularly as the central leader of a football team? Send your right guard, who might be the most important in a lot of cases, left tackle, who's considered. This is your quarterback. This is supposed to be the face of your franchise. How do you put him front and center? How does he lead? How is he an effective leader moving forward? Considering all this. It's what you initially started is if they win, it's not going to matter. It's just not, and that's the that's, that's how you started that, your that's how you started it, and that's how I have to end it because that is just the reality of almost every situation in professional or college sports. Winning 
it's just more important to most people than anything. I don't think that Cleveland Brown fans are going to boo or, or cheer against Deshaun Watson because if he wins that franchise football game, which has been so deprived for so long, they're just the majority, not all, and I said the majority, I don't know what percentage, but it will be higher than 50% will almost dismiss all this stuff that's going to happen if he wins the football games. Now, if he doesn't, it's going to be used in, as an excuse and the reason of why he is not having success and why he's mm-hmm. not able to lead the team. But, Tommy, if he wins, this will get swept well, under the rug as it always does. And this tells you why. We talked about this with Brett Good one day when he was with us. This is why the NFL, and this is why in colleges, this is why they have professional massage people to come in and, and provide these services for their players. So these kind of of, of stories don't have a chance to, to become part of, of, of your team's headlines, a distraction for your entire franchise. So mm-hmm. um, you think, you know, some think it's weird that, you know, NFL teams employ and keep on staff multiple people that can provide these services for the players. This is exactly why. A, you want to know what's going on from a physical standpoint with your players, but B, it's 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 safer, more secure. Um, you know who's coming into your facility, and if there's a problem, the people that, that come in and do this can report it to team personnel. All of this was, was stuff that happened outside of, of of Houston's oversight, you know, from from what I understand of it. So, But 24 different ones? I mean, we, we haven't spent a ton of time on this story, but there's just a lot about this that'll creep you out, Ty. Yeah, that's the situation that... The NFL, Browns, the Haslam's, and Deshaun Watson finding themselves in. And six games is what's been divvied out. We'll see if it stays that way, Tommy. Yeah. No, you had a fun weekend down at the Peacemaker. Uh, looked like it's a great crowd down there. Got great weather for it. There's a lot of good stuff. I mean, now that that's kind of behind, I know fall is always a great time for local music time. The Majestic is going to be a place that, uh, you know, after a game on a Saturday night, you got early kickoff or a Friday night before a game. And Majestic's always going to have some good music on hand. Yeah, Aaron Indolin and Chris Canterbury are coming this Friday. Doors open at 7 o'clock. And then the Velcro Pygmies are going to be there on Saturday. Doors also open at 7 o'clock. You can always check out all the shows at themajesticfortsmith.com. It's not just concerts. It's beer festivals. It's wedding receptions. They can do a variety of things, again, at the Majestic. It is a lot of fun. I've been to several concerts there. Plan on going to a few more this fall. You can give them a call at 479-551-2424 and check it out at 817 Garrison Avenue in downtown Fort Smith. Music, mixers, and memories at the Majestic. Alright, so we're going to play this game. Drew's going to be our late Alex Trebek if you will. Arkansas's roster right now is not set in stone in terms of the depth chart. We'll get that week one most likely. We've got to familiarize ourselves with this roster as best we can. So Drew is going to be asking me and you and our audience and describing a player based on the high school and what position they play. And if we mm. can't get that, maybe a number two. And we have to try and guess who that said player is. KJ Jefferson. You didn't ask no, to. <laughs> that's not where I was going to start. Come on, that's too easy. Make I thought he was number one. Hey, where's number one? Jalen Catlin. All right, so we're just going so we high school those... and position. Like, high right, school, position. State, what posi- state, 
Just, you got you got the roster there. I, I mean, I've got it in front of me. Yeah, I know. Hints. All right. We're going This to, is learn your roster on the morning rush. <laughs> we're going to start with a guy from Crowley High School. And he's a running back. Crowley High School? And that's Sorry. Crowley, Texas. Since that's you didn't know. Dominique Johnson, right? And it is. Okay. All right. Moving on to uh, a defensive back from Dallas, Texas, Highland Park High School. Hudson Clark. That is correct. Wow. I mean, he's give me you. Give me linebackers for 500, Alex. Brian <laughs> <laughs> uh, High School linebacker. What's the high school? Ryan? Ryan High School. He's from Denton, Texas. Oh, Drew, Drew Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, there you that go. That's correct. I wouldn't have known the high school name. Union High School. Tulsa. Offensive line. That would be Ricky Stromberg. That is correct. Man, you're killing it. You mm. actually really did study. Yeah. All right. I didn't. I should have made. Uh, actually prepped out a list. Yes. That, yeah, would, be, that would be helpful in okay, this okay. segment. All right. Defensive <laughs> Make line. Make it sound better. Defensive line, El Dorado, Arkansas. Oh, it's oh, the God. kid they brought in from Arkansas. Terry Hampton. Yeah. That is correct. Man, you. Wide receiver, Armwood High School from oh. Sefner, Florida. St. Petersburg or Sefner? It says Sefner, Florida. I have wide receiver. Etron Jackson? He's Roy City, Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, in the right time zone. I have no idea who that is. You're going to have to help us out with that. Number 84. Warren Thompson. Warren Thompson. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had no idea what that Florida town was. Tight end. Blasky Academy. Hudson Henry. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. North Panola High School. Oh, my. Quarterback. Oh, be, I was letting you go. KJ Jefferson. That is correct. So, Sardis, Mississippi. <laughs> Defensive back from Broken Arrow High School in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Is that Chase Lowry? That is incorrect. Okay. You have a guess? Defensive back, Broken Arrow. Simeon Blair? He's that a, is incorrect. I think he's an Arkansas kid. Who Number is two. I really don't know this one. Miles Slusher. Miles Slusher. He said broken air. Yeah, broken air. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm, that's a drawing a blank on my part. I knew that. All right. From a wide receiver. Okay. From Cedar Grove High School. In That's Jaden Hazelwood. That is. That is. Okay. All right. How many more of these do you want to do? I mean, cause y'all one are- more. Just one more. All right. One more. Tight end from Blackman High School. Oh, now he's transitioned. That's Trey Knox, Murfreesboro. That is correct. Man, yeah. you did you, you did your homework Tennessee. on this. I've tried to. Good for you, buddy. Clay has instructed me since I've started. Once fall camp starts, to really kind of hone in a little bit on the roster. Now he is much more in depth than any of these players than I could ever be. But trying to 
So, you know, I, I get frustrated when I can't think of that one guy. Yeah. Usually I'm pretty good off the cuff. Hey, I know this guy or where he went to high school or stuff like that. But I'm trying to get back into that point where I can rattle him off quicker and quicker. So, you would be a terrible Alex Trebek. Yeah. we got to work oh, on your hosting skills. Yeah. <laughs> That's I didn't know that's what I got paid here to do, but you know, it's fine. Yeah, you get paid to talk into the microphone. I know. <laughs> well, I that is part of the gig. No. I should have made a list. That's on me. Who is I the... felt like I could just scroll through it and get it done pretty quickly, yeah. but it, it it didn't work out that way. Listen, I compared Chuck to a Pokemon last week. I think you're <laughs> admonished of anything that you just did in this past segment. I think you're okay. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code believe at checkout just pay five dollars shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first month free you're listening to the bud light next morning rush podcast bud light next with zero carbs the crowd just threw him out of the game they just threw him out of the game He's gotten his second technical and he's been thrown out of the ballgame. Tom Murphy is going to be joining us in his new time coming up in about two or three minutes. Also, Tommy, it's National Night Out. I'd like you to tell me what the difference is between going out with kids and then going out (laughs) without kids and then the luxury of leaving the kids with the babysitter or something. And hopefully you and Laura... Enjoy this holiday at some point. Well, do you know what National Night Out is? Because it's not what you're thinking I know. It is. It's not. I looked it up, but I'm changing the actual definition. Oh, okay. Because National Night Out has nothing to do with date night. It's... Is it drug prevention? It is. In most communities, there will be several across our listing areas tonight. They'll, the, the local police and law enforcement will have a National Night Out, and usually they have something at one of the big parks or have, have some kind of event where they invite the public... Um, you know, to come in and there's bounce houses or there's, you know, different stuff to have fun and interact and engage with police officers. Okay. So kids can get in the cars and look around and fire up the siren, that kind of thing. It's what we did with officer breeding. That was National Night Out. Absolutely. Okay. 
It's usually yeah. a you know street festival kind of deal that the uh, the police are are involved in. Okay. Yeah, that's I, I saw. But the, I like your idea better. Well, a, a date night in the middle of the week—that'd be great. I I think back to when my when my parents were married. It was way back when as a kid, and when my, my parents are married now, my, my stepmom and my dad. And I, you've heard, hey, we are, we're going on a night out, mm-hmm. and I've I've heard that phrase hundreds of times. It means they've and, had enough of you. Yes. They need to they need a break from you. And I just. <laughs> And I, I just find it fascinating as a single male that can do pretty much whatever he wants mm-hmm. and not restricted by anything yeah. whatsoever. Rub it in, yeah. Much less a job. Rub it in, yeah. Is what the differences look like. Because I mm-hmm. think a good chunk of our audience is either married or dating of some sort. And I always just find it intriguing to hear their side of the story. Because one of my, yeah. one of the things that my friends always say is just stay single as long as you can. <laughs> Say, like, hey, man, we're doing this tonight. You want to come? Ah, man, I got this with the wife. Or, hey, man, we're doing ah, dinner with the girlfriend. And they're, they're just like, they just send me like hate emojis. Like, I can't believe you get to do this. <laughs> it's like, I don't, it's, it's your, your, your decision, man. Or, and for my girlfriends, it's like, you, you chose to be wifed up with them. You didn't have to, so. I don't know. I just wanted your opinion on this national night out. I would love to have a date night tonight. Okay. I don't think that's going to happen at our house, but uh, that's not exactly. Uh, do I need what, to? Do I need to come babysit Dylan and Abigail? I'll let. What Dylan time can you be there? <laughs> now I charge a hefty fee for that. Oh, that, hey, it's, it'd be worth it. <laughs> I would too. If I, if I was watching, I would too. What do I have going? Hold on. What is? Let me pull on my calendar. What do I have going on tonight? <laughs> I don't think I have anything going on. You don't have two or three dates? You got to choose between a couple, three different women that would love to to have dinner, to break bread with you tonight? I got one this weekend in Memphis. Drew's uh, taking Mm -hmm. me back to his humble abode, and we'll see how that happens. But no, I don't have anything. You got a date with with Drew? Not with Drew. Well, I mean, we're going to go to lunch as friends, and we're going to do play golf and get drunk and do other activities that. Uh, that we're not going to get into necessarily on this program right now because this is a family program. But yeah, yeah. We'll, have, we'll we'll manage to have fun this week. Do you know you were going to have that much fun, Drew? Did you have any I idea? Mean, I knew I was going to have fun with my fiance. You didn't know what other people. You didn't know you were signing up for all of this. I didn't know I was basically driving him four hours to a date. Though when we were talking about babysitting a minute ago, yeah. that's what you're going uh, to be doing this yeah, weekend. Yeah, at some point you probably will have to. <laughs> You'll walk. be the babysitter. I just told Drew, it's like make sure I get home in one piece at any point off Beale Street and wherever he hangs out the Midtown places that he goes to all right we'll get tom murphy coming up we got some calls stacking up here we probably need to get to as well we're brought to you by wheels rv hey you talk about uh getting a great night out and a great place to to really go in and, and enjoy some things that's wheels because they sell family fun they sell that that peace and, and that quiet that you're looking for. You can go enjoy many of our state parks or national parks that are in our area with a great RV from Wheels. You'll find the best brands, the best prices at Wheels RV as well. Five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV. Let's go to Ryan first. We haven't heard from Ryan Hot Springs in a minute. Ryan, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Hey, Bubba. Uh, I wanted to kind of talk about y'all's, uh, the conversation y'all was having with uh, old boy from Bradco. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I like Arkansas's chances this year to uh, beat Alabama. Uh, to me, it's kind of a feeling of uh, it's, it's either it's, I mean, it's now or when. You, you get what I'm trying to say with that? Mm-hmm. Here's, the, here's the reason why I like our chances against Alabama. And this is probably going to be the best offensive line we've seen in a very, very long time. It's our oldest. It's our most experienced. And I think it's probably going to be one of the strongest in, in the SEC this year. And I'm not just saying that just to be saying that. Like, the depth we've got behind them, the age that we've got, 
I genuinely like our, our push up front. And then on top of that, you add what we've got with this running back room. And then also, too, I, th- I think uh, – our receiving core is probably one of the most slept-on receiving cores in, in the SEC, which, I mean, part, partly they do deserve it. I'm not going to lie. I, I won't, deny, won't deny that at all. I mean, what have they done? But I do I do like what we've added with um, the kid from uh, Hazelwood. I also like the, the fact that we've added uh, Malik. I, like, I think he's going to have some big plays for us this year. And honestly, I, I think uh, Keytron and uh, and I look for Satanga. He may come on a little later in the year, but I look for him to have a big year as well with his speed and his athleticism. I, and, I, and I like too. I, I like our chances to beat A and M, and we beat A and M. I really do like our chances to uh, to beat Alabama with that with that crowd. I think between the crowd and our offensive line, I think that's what's going to give us our best shot at, at Bama this year. And uh, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. That's just kind of my two cents. I, I, I don't believe we go undefeated, but I do. I do think we beat Alabama this year. Ryan, thanks for the call. You had me until you mentioned the wide receivers. I, I'm still, and maybe it's just me, and this is not, I don't typically reside in the, the pessimistic side of things, but I just want to see it. Is that fair? After the well, Penn I mean, State thing, well, I mean, we didn't see. Because hey, I mean, you had to run the ball to win, which you were able to do yeah. against Penn State. There, were, there really wasn't a need to throw it, particularly in the second half. But, no, I think without Burks, there's a lot of questions. And I think that's one thing that's held back some of the preseason accolades for K.J. Jefferson is no Burks. I think if Burks was back, you'd both those guys would be on a lot of lists. And that's where I kind of sit with, I'm not really, I mean, running backs room, solid. Quarterback. Better than solid. Line up front, you got some dudes. Tight end, I think Trey Knox. Chuck said it yesterday. Trey Knox is going to surprise some people this year. I'm not just talking about the 20, 25 pounds of good weight he's been on. He is going to be a matchup nightmare for any opposing SEC team. But you're still just like, still kind of inching towards that wide receiver. I'm not willing to go on a ledge just. That doesn't mean I don't think they can be a good part of this team. I'm just not going to sit here on August the 2nd and tell you that they're slept on, underrated, and they're going to blow the doors off SEC. I'm just not willing to go there yet. I have to see it in person, see what they do. Let's have a practice care. first. I don't care what they do against Cincinnati. I want to see it against an SEC defense. A&M Week 4 is going to tell a lot about this football team. Not that the first three weeks won't, but if you can have success against the Aggies in Week 4 in a neutral site – in a game that they desperately need to compete for the SEC West, you're going to learn a lot more about this football team. Back to the phones before we get to Tom. Eddie is in Clarksville. Eddie, you're on the morning rush. Good morning, gentlemen. Really enjoying your show this morning. As you got me fired up, as I stay fired up. As I said a couple of weeks ago, we're touching on Alabama. The the dynasty. The greatest coach in America. Number one team coming into Fayetteville this year. October 1st, I got that game circled. I can smell the recipe as I woke up this morning. Bacon in the oven. Let me say this. I, as I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, the last time we beat Alabama was in 2000. And, uh, excuse me. Oh, the six, last time yeah. we beat Alabama was in 2006. Yes, yeah, sir. We, we had a young quarterback. The young freshman, Mitch Mustang, hit Ben Cleveland. He didn't do much that day, but he hit Cleveland. And we beat him at double overtime that day, 24-23. That was 16 years ago. Thank you, Lee Tiffin. And then I said the other day, 
2014, under Coach Bellema, you know, I sit in the rain all day long. And I want to say this today. Uh, uh, when you look at that game, that's a hard call to take. You know, he hit, as he rolled out, you know, Brandon Allen hit Cody Walker on the slant. That was the dagger. You know, he scampered 25 yards. I was on the east side on the 20-yard line that day. The ref signals touchdown. And I watched Coach Saban shoot five pounds off the ref's rear. And you know what happened? They overrule it. And the ruling that day, his, ball, his body crossed the goal line, but the ball didn't. Let me say this. There's not going to be a four-leaf clover in Fayetteville this year. And I'm gonna, we're going to celebrate as a football program. And the whole nation is going to be celebrating October 1st in Fayetteville this year some Hog Jubilee. We'll see you in Fayetteville. Hog Jubilee. Yeah. What what consists of Hog Jubilee? Tom? I think Hog, Hog Jubilee's got more cherries in it than Hog Delight. Hog Delight's probably got a little more of uh, strawberry and, and uh, watermelon flavor, I guess, uh, in Hog Delight. There's a, there's, there's a variety of recipes, depending on which part of the state you were uh, you were raised in. Have so. you had a Cave City watermelon this summer I yet? I have not. I have not either. Got to get over a, there. I may go a, over there this weekend. It's a shame that I have not. Eating one of the. I'm usually since I've lived in the state, I'm pretty consistent at least one a summer. But it's coming. When is summer? Hard in? to find. Summer in in September or is it August? September 21st, I believe, yeah. is the uh, beginning of fall. The fall equinox, they call it. So, all right, let's get to Tom Murphy. It's brought to you by the Fence Man, the place you should call if you need a fence gate or anything to surround your home or business to make it look better and to have more security, more curb appeal. 782-3936 is the number for the Fence Man. They can build any kind of fence or gate that you are wanting. 782-3936 for the Fence Man. He ain't afraid of no work. Tom, I want the same energy from you that Eddie just brought (laughs) to the table with fall camp starting this week. You think you can give me that? Uh, how's that actually possible, y'all? <laughs> uh, not not possible. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> but you know that that 2014 game against Bama that does bring back some memories, man. Have their certainly have their chances, and if uh, Cody Walker scores on that one play early in the game for a touchdown, maybe it's a difference maker. Let's talk about fall camp a little bit, Tom. Well, I know we've got. Alabama and some other great games on the schedule that we'll lean into as we get closer. But you don't get to see a lot. We we had the luxury of getting to go to Arkansas basketball back practice last week for about an hour or so. And, and we, we still can't make too much out of what we saw in one practice and one kind of sectioned off. How do you kind of curtail your opinions from always seeing a little bit and, and not putting too much weight into them as we get through fall camp starting this weekend? Right. Um, you just have to kind of balance out the, that segment that you see and then hear from what the coaches and players tell us post-practice about what went on. And, uh, you know, we saw, them, we saw them open periods in the springtime, and we saw that they were doing a whole lot of blitzing. A lot of the blitzing had even the first-team offense a little under the gun and had K.J. on the move and all, and that's only going to help the first unit on offense get better and it gave Barry Odom and the defensive staff a great idea of, A, who's going to be their best pass rushers, and, B, what types of blitzing schemes um, suit different players, and, you know, how can we unleash Drew Sanders, and which of these ends is going to be our best guys to rush. And 
So um, I don't, we're not going to see Arkansas blitz the passer, I don't think, to that extent. But when you get into games like LSU last year, where they were just coming on every play, even if it was a run play, and KJ was having to move and survive in the pocket so much in that game, and then found the open man Dominic Johnson for the you know the really key touchdown in that game. Uh, just going to help you there, but um, you know it's it's a thing that we've had to do basically ever since 2007 when practices started getting uh, really trimmed down on the amount you could watch and and just try to project from there. Tom, you're going to get a chance to talk with several players and the assistant coaches in the coming weeks. Which assistant coach are you most intrigued to chat with? Well, I mean, because it's so so um, not often we do this, so rare. I enjoy talking to all of them, uh, but the coordinators obviously are really huge for us because they have more leeway to talk about schemes and the whole personnel on their sides of the ball, and they come later in camp. Uh, but right off the bat, I mean, Jimmy Smith comes up. Uh, he's got the deepest position on the team at running back, the most probably – I don't know, exciting position um, because they're used in a variety of ways and just an ace recruiter for, for this program right now. I mean, Jimmy Smith is bringing them in. Without him, do you get Jaden Hazelwood? Uh, maybe not, you know, and, and then the Georgia kids that they brought in. So really going to look forward to walk, talking to Jimmy Smith. And then, of course, the guys, Deke Adams, Dominic Bowman, that we haven't talked to yet, the new, two new coaches, those will be cherished as well. Tom, I remember going into last year, you know, a lot of people thought this offense would be defined by the passing game because of Kendall Bryles, because of Burks, and really what uh, some thought would be a, an advancement for, for K.J. Jefferson's game. I think in the end, would, would we describe it as probably a, more of a running attack, even though you had Burks last year? I mean, that's what won you the bowl game. That's what got you to the finish line a lot. I think it ended up being a running yeah. team. Do you think we'll define... This is more balanced, or will this be a? What do you think will define this team as offensively when it's all said and done after the Missouri game? Will it be a more run or more more passing based, in your opinion? Well, I just think that the Kendall Bryles style, the the scheme, is to exploit whatever you're given, and Sam wants to be uh, a team that can run the ball on third and two late in the game and win a game, and so I think when you combine those two with the fact that. You know, they do have a veteran offensive line. They do have a good stable of backs that you're going to, and a running quarterback that you're going to be, um, you know, a better rush team. I mean, and what has changed since last year? They lost Myron Cunningham. They lost Traylon Smith. That's the change, um, as, as a run team from last year to this year. So I do think that KJ properly reading the mesh on every play and, and either handing it or keeping it. And then making a decision to pass or, you know, whatever his next option will be. Um, they hope he's better at that. And I, I think when it's all said and done, um, there'll be a team that could rush for 200 yards a game again. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see when they get in the red zone, can they run it in for touchdowns? Can they, can they set up scores with touchdowns? You know, it's, uh, yeah. that's been an issue for Arkansas's red, it's red zone efficiency and being able to run it for touchdowns. That, that to me is a, it will be a sign, Tom, of, of the advancement, the type of program, uh, and the involvement, the involvement of that that with with Sam Pittman. That's what he wants to do. Is like you said, not just get the third and two, but run it into the end zone. Yeah, and and, and I'll I'll give a reference to that because I agree with you. 
I want to say the first year after Sam Pittman left the staff in 2016, the Texas A&M game, uh, it ends up being one of the biggest margins in the series, maybe 45 to 24, something like that. But in the first half, if Arkansas, they, they had eight or ten consecutive plays inside the 10-yard line. They had a holding call in the end zone and had first and goal from the one and did not score because they couldn't push it in there. And <clears throat> you think back to last year, the Texas game, there was a couple of uh, the early games. I want to say Georgia Southern might have been one where there was a, a muff in the backfield and the ball was on the ground. Dominic Johnson picks him up and and powers his way in for touchdowns. And so it's a difference between some of the teams in years past and last year's team that they were able to convert first downs uh, inside the 10, inside the red zone, and then score touchdowns when you're relying on your run game. Um, and I know they want to get better at that aspect of it. And when you can do that, um, it just kind of changes the entire complexion of your team. It opens up more of your playbook for Kendall Biles, uh, that the pass can then take some teams off guard, that they're, they're really going to stack their safeties down, and you're going to get more man coverage on the edges. So a lot of benefits when you're able to run in short yardage situations. Tom, is this going to be the best Kendall Bryles offense that we've seen in year three? Well, they have to overcome the loss of Traylon Burks. I mean, you never, you cannot minimize the fact that he's a guy who KJ Jefferson could throw the ball up to, and odds are he he was going to catch the ball. Um, can Jaden Hazelwood do that? I'm not sure. Keytron Jackson, Warren Thompson, some of these other guys, uh, they've got to prove they can do that. Um, if if they cannot establish a severe take the top off threat, then that will allow safeties, especially the good teams like Bama. To, to bring those safeties down and creep into your run game. So um, if they're able to do that, complete some deep balls, I think they have a chance to be every bit as productive as last year's team, if not more. The speed has been missing from Arkansas football, and Tommy likes to bring up Corliss Marshall, which I think is a, a fair point on his part. Yeah. Can a freshman like Isaiah Satania have enough of an impact where, and Malik Hornsby, you reference. Will that be an issue for Arkansas this year, stretching the field, or is that just something you got to wait till you see it? Um, they're going to try. I mean, they because they know how important it is. And what we saw of Malik Hornsby in spring was that a he could do it. And this is what KJ told me when I asked him, you know, what did you think when they first moved Malik Hornsby to receiver? Did you think it would work? And he said, Well, first of all, uh, he had to show me he could catch the ball because he was because I, I I was a, thinking he might be a little shaky there, and he laughed. But it's true. And he caught the ball. I mean, he caught multiple deep balls, and we were there all spring. He would run by corners and catch deep balls. So that's a real thing. And then the folks who talk about Isaiah Satania talk about his great speed. So if you can get him unleashed, look at the look at the various weapons you're looking at. A great run team, a quarterback who can run it and throw it, um, a guy like Hazelwood who I think is going to be a great um, – I think he's going to be a great re- – receiver in traffic, uh, high-pointing the ball and making one-hand catches like Burks did. And then you've got the speed component. Um, Sam Pittman knows what a really good SEC team looks like, and Kendall Bryles does too. And I I think they're starting to slot some pieces in. Yeah, they still need some pass rushers. And I mean, some real impact pass rushers. Um, They need proven deep receivers, but they think they might have them on the roster. And then, you know, just continue to stack and get bigger on the O-line. Um, but the, ros- the roster seems to be heading in that direction. 
Tom, appreciate your time this morning. We'll do it on Thursday. Talk some more about this fall camp as the team uh, reports. Outstanding. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. All right, let's get into our Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Now, everyone's invested and interested in what's going to happen, not just this weekend as fall camp gets going on Friday, but the remaining weeks leading up to the game against Cincinnati at home. But outside of Fayetteville... And in an SEC town, which fall camp are you most interested in? I was telling you and Bruce, as Bruce Dan, the Pradco Fishing is in here. For me, it's A&M. Yeah, the Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban spat, the recruiting stuff. Plus, they still don't know who their quarterback's going to be. With a coach that's expected to compete, not just compete, but win a national championship at College Station at some point. That's the one. And plus, it's an interdivision opponent. It's a rival that, to me, is clearly the most interesting team outside of Fayetteville that you're locking onto and looking at. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ole Miss. That's a home game you really need to win this year. They're unsettled at quarterback. Most think it will be Jackson Dart. The other interesting thing to me with Ole Miss is Jeff Libby's gone. Let's see, so DJ Durkin's gone. So you're starting over with new coordinators, um, which Lane Kiffin should have some experience with because he was at Alabama. He saw the, the turnover in coaches. He probably has a good plan to deal with that, but... I think that's an interesting conversation. Is uh, you said Bruce Stanton now with us, Bruce? They've got probably a lot of ground to catch up on. I know they made up some ground in probably spring practice and what the players have done this summer. But for me, Ole Miss is a team that probably has a little more work to do than most heading into August. Well, un- unlike Arkansas and Tennessee, Alabama, th- there's a lot of question marks. Uh, signal caller. Uh, no doubt they lost some great players, and I think Ole Miss surprised a lot of people last year uh, with how well they played under Kiff, and I, I think it's going to be tougher this time around. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm probably looking more to the East just for interest uh, because I'm a lifelong Vol. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Georgia backs it up, uh, if, if their quarterback situation is going to stay stable, uh, if, if uh, Kirby Smart can back it up. Uh, replace that defensive line talent that he's losing. And then, uh, to me, it's real intriguing. we got Billy Napier down at Florida. And uh, how's he going to jive with Gator Nation? Mm-hmm. The expectations there. 
uh, his quarterback situation. Uh, I, I think there's just a lot of drama at the top in uh, in the East. And, uh, you know, Tennessee's a lot like Arkansas. This time last year, we were all scratching our head wondering who the quarterback was going to be and uh, how they were going to perform. And no doubt K.J. did it. And uh, no doubt after a couple of games, Hendon Hooker did it. And uh, I think I think those two guys uh, give the – the fan base is a lot to be excited about this time of year. So, you know, we're asking questions about who's going to replace the biggest hands in college football instead of who's uh, going to be the starting quarterback and how's he going to do. I mean, we're, we're taking that's a given that KJ is going to go out and do it. So we're looking for other things to talk about, which as a fan base, that's, that's fun to not have to worry about your quarterback. You've got four quarterback battles in the SEC West alone. When you look at A&M, Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn. We've got three solidified ones in Rodgers and Mississippi State, Bryce Young and Alabama, and then KJ at Arkansas. That is a, a kind of a layer of this fall camp thing that I, I think a lot of fan bases are just kind of wondering about. And you mentioned Hinton Hooker, Tennessee, Ball Nation, not really concerned about that. They might have another issue within that football team. But, I mean, Tommy, I, I, I keep coming back to it, but that's something that I think you cannot underestimate when it comes to how much that means to a roster and how much that means to a football team when you know that dude suiting up under center in Arkansas's case in shotgun formation and, and is there. Enjoy it because I don't think it's going to be the norm and I think the transfer portal has made it that way. I mean, look at how all of these players outside of the three you listed with um, with Bama and uh, and Arkansas there, you know, how they... You know, how all that roster transformation happened. It's all about the portal. So unless the portal is closed a little bit more, and I think there's going to be uh, some restrictions put on this, Bruce, that's, this is just the way it's going to be from now on. We're always going to have these conversations because teams aren't going to be settled at quarterback very often. Will Rogers at Mississippi State and is the other one that's uh, of, that, of that trifecta. It's just going to be rare you have, a, I think, a returning starter for more than more than a year, maybe. It, it is, and it, it, I think it puts more emphasis on good good coaching situations like Arkansas. You know, you got Pittman and Bryles. You know, Tennessee, you got Heupel. There There's players that want to play for coaches like that where they know uh, the quarterback's going to be a focal point. You're going to play in an exciting run-pass option offense. Uh, you know, some quarterbacks would rather uh, – throw the ball more some would rather run past more it's just going to come down to the individual and what type of talent you can recruit but yeah you know if you're looking at the step beyond kj do you think it's in-house or do you think who's going to step up in the transfer portal from another school and come over to arkansas in two years and you know tennessee got fortunate last year you had joe milton come in from michigan and hooker come in from vanderbilt excuse me from uh, virginia tech and uh milton didn't play well and got hurt. The coaches actually made a bad decision starting him instead of Hooker. Uh, might have won a game or two more if they had started Hooker at the beginning of the year. So yeah. even with the portal, you still got to make the right choice. They'll yeah. bring in. It'll be kind of like Eric Musselman in basketball. Arkansas will bring in a quarterback. I think not just you try to stay a year ahead. It's what yeah. you'd like to do. But Chuck made a great point yesterday about KJ Jefferson. So he comes in as a true freshman in 2019 under Chad Morris. Plays in the LSU game, plays in the Mississippi State game. I think those were the only two games that he played in. And Sam Pittman, new staff, which new staff comes in. Sometimes you don't know where you are on the roster and do that. Then they bring in Franks. KJ thinks he's about to get his time mm-hmm. in the light. 
They bring in Felipe. He's behind him all season, plays in the Missouri game, starts in the Missouri game because Frank says the rib issue. But I think it says something about Arkansas starting quarterback K.J. Jefferson that he was able to stay on campus and still like. And he likes next Fayetteville. He talked about his high school coach who we had on was saying that K.J. wanted to go somewhere and build something. Well, it's getting built to this point. It's how high can you build it. That's what I think a lot of fans listening right now wonder is – what are you leading towards? Are you leading towards just a really solid, competitive team in the SEC West? Or are you leading to a team that actually can win the SEC West? And I think Tennessee fans have that exact same question for Hypel Hooker and what he's doing in Knoxville. Yeah, I mean, the expectation should be there. Unfortunately, when you look at the top of both of these divisions, you still have Alabama and Georgia you know, firmly entrenched up top with uh, national championships and just the recruiting classes to go with it. So I, I think it's good to have expectations. You know, Arkansas, is it realistic that Arkansas can be number two in the West? Is it realistic that Arkansas can slip up and beat Alabama and take care of the rest of their business and somehow eke into the championship game? I mean, that's a tall order. And it's hard as a fan base to realize that maybe as much as you want to go undefeated or Ten and two is is it really possible to do that? Well, who is the team not named Alabama or Georgia that can can get to the championship game? I, I mean, both divisions seem like a foregone conclusion right now. Some would say it's A and M. Uh, you know, is there any chance that a Kentucky or uh, Florida could be a surprise? It doesn't seem like there's really anyone in the East that's that's equipped well, to to take down Georgia as the division champ. Here's the problem that the. I guess the next tier always has. I mean, Ole Miss, when Hugh Freeze was there, they could beat Alabama. I mean, he beat them twice. Uh, Jimbo beat Alabama uh, a couple – was it last year? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what these teams are having a hard time doing, they're forgetting they got to win the rest of their games. They're forgetting they got to – you know, you got one up on Alabama when you beat them, which means you can't lose two games because Alabama's not going to lose twice. You know, that's just probably not going to happen unless there's just some type of catastrophic injury. You know, if you beat them once, you got to take care of business, and you can't lose more than one game. And that's the problem everybody else is having. No one has Alabama talent. No one has Alabama depth. You know, you can say what you want about coaching, but until someone figures out how to lose less than one game in the SEC, you're probably just going to continue to see that juggernaut rolling. Y'all know the last time Alabama's lost two regular season games? Uh, 2000 and... um was it nine going into ten? They played Michigan State in that bowl game. It's like the second or third year of Saban. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. And they they just they went what nine and three. I know they lost to Auburn and Cam Newton. They yeah. lost to South Carolina. The game you brought up yesterday and Stephen Garcia. I can't tell you who else they lost to, but it's been it's been that long since Alabama has lost two regular season. Games. If I'm if I'm not getting my years mixed up, I play, I think they played Michigan State in like the Cap One Bowl, or the one of them Florida Bowls, and just absolutely just destroyed Michigan State, and then went on the next year to win the national you title. Know, and you look the teams that have been able to overcome Alabama, LSU's one of them, and Auburn's one of them, and they've been able to beat them head to head, and then manage the rest of the schedule where they don't lose that extra game. And, but they've not been able to sustain it. You know, LSU's it's probably been one as year. close as yeah. anybody, yeah. you know, the way they played uh, football uh, defensively. But it's, it's, it's a tall order because 
you know, when you look at Arkansas's got the toughest schedule in the country, just say they beat Alabama, but then you back up all the other games, even games like Mississippi State where you have a kind of a nutty coach and a high-powered offense, if if you're not on your game, Mm -hmm. you could lose games. And I need to retract that because they lost in 2019 to LSU and Auburn because Bo Nix, that was the game as a true freshman. Bo Nix won and they did that. So that's twice in the last decade or so that they've only lost two games, (laughs) and that's in incredible to think about and what you're saying is what we've talked about even if arkansas somehow manages to win that october first game you've still got to find a way to win but but what we've seen guys in college football is the path to the college football playoff i mean that should be the ultimate goal is to get into that that group of four teams right now if you're going to lose a game in the season you're better off as an Arkansas, to lose to Bama in the regular season, that'd be your only loss, not go to Atlanta. I know that seems counterintuitive, but then if you're the loser in the championship game, you don't make the college football playoff. That's what history says for the most part. So, I mean, if, unless you could run the table, you got to beat Bama and, and what you about? Win all your other games. Because if you end up in a tie or you end up in that championship game with one loss and then you lose that championship game to, to Georgia, let's just say, you're done as far, I mean, hello Cap One Bowl, hello Sugar Bowl maybe, you know, something like that because you're not going to go to the playoff under those circumstances. So, What's the date of the Arkansas there is, Alabama game? It's October the 1st, week yeah. 5. So, see, I think that favors Tennessee because that's third Saturday in October, and I think the up-and-coming teams, Tennessee A&M. and Arkansas, A&M, you know, they've got to play all those games. Brutal, brutal and, schedule. And so, I mean, I'm not predicting they're going to lose, but if there's a chance for Alabama to lose, it's going to happen in one of those three games. They will not go undefeated in conference play this year with road games of LSU, Arkansas, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Texas. There's too much hate there for them to win every one no, of those they'll, games. They'll win the West. They'll probably win the SEC championship. I mean, that's probably going to be a heck of a game again. But they will not go undefeated this year. That's not a bold prediction, I think. Physically, those road games, I mean, Arkansas is going to grind them. You know, Mm -hmm. they may not win, but they're going to remember they went to Fayetteville. I think the only, I'm going to have to double check on this, guys. I think the only time Alabama's gone undefeated was when Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy. I think that that year is the only year that they've gone undefeated and won the national championship since Saban's been there. I think they've lost at least one game. In every championship season, now they've won. What is he at seven? But I think in all, all but one, they've had a loss in, in regular season. And they're scheduled this year. I know we talk about Auburn and Arkansas having brutal schedules. Alabama's schedule this year is by no means easy, easy. at all. Well, and they do get Vanderbilt. I mean, <laughs> before they play Arkansas, of course, yeah. of all the places yeah. to put Vanderbilt on the schedule at home. Martin, by the way, in Tuscaloosa, yeah, Mark so. Womack and Greg Sankey put them the the week before they play Arkansas. But I think that's right. I think the only time that they've won a championship without a loss is, was that in, was that in two, was that COVID? Was that COVID year? Yeah, I think that's the only time that they've won a championship without having a loss under Saban, if I remember that right. So you look at those, you talk about the games leading up to Arkansas. Texas is their toughest test. Utah State, Texas, UL Monroe, Vanderbilt, the first four. Arkansas is going to be, you know, will you have a great feel on where Alabama's at? And they may win some of these games hundred to nothing, but are you going to have a are you going to have a great feel for Bama before the Arkansas game? Really, Utah State is ranked, but they're going to railroad them. Texas, 
And you, what do you think of Quinn Ewers, the Southlake kid? Is he going to be ready for that defense in week two in Austin? Yeah, I don't think so either. So I, I think the time. Then they play UL Monroe. Then they play Vanderbilt. Both of those games in Tuscaloosa. I'm not. You know, how much is the starters? I mean, the starters will start and they'll play. You know, probably a lot of the first halves. You're going to have a lot of guys with depth with experience. No, they're going to be fresh. Yeah, they're going to be. You know, but here's the thing. You look at it that way. You had Will Anderson battle. I don't know if you untalked. They all talked about A and M two weeks ago in in Atlanta. Every. And they, they weren't even asked about it at some points. They just brought it up. So I don't care what those guys say when they're in Fayetteville. And I don't care if Arkansas is ranked in its top 10 matchup. They're going to be looking ahead to next week. Well, here, here's the thing. If, if, and Tommy brings up a good point on that weakness, that schedule. Maybe they're not going to be ready to play a four-quarter football game against the Raider, Razorbacks. Maybe, maybe they're not going to be conditioned where i got to play the whole game. Because, you know, go back to Tuscaloosa last year. That was a game in the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, you had to play. They had to play their players the whole game. The most Arkansas. physicality, guys, Alabama's going to see before Arkansas is in practice. Yeah, when 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 they go ones on one, will be the most physicality and and tough line of scrimmage play they're going to have before Arkansas. And I, I think Arkansas will hit them in the mouth and be tough. I don't know if Arkansas can beat them, but I don't think they'll have a physical challenge like the Razorbacks prior to that game. If you could order up specific weather. For the Alabama game, what would you order up? Rain. Uh, you want it to be nasty. You know, you want that ball to be slick and Bryce Young not have his wide receivers on the set. You want that thing to be disgusting that night or that day. It's probably two thirty. You, you really want wind, is what you really yes. want. You want any wind affects a quarterback more than rain. Any obstacle whatsoever that would make the game murkier because that favors Arcus. You know, Alabama and Bryce Young are going to score. But it's a matter of, hey, can you deter that? And Arkansas, if you look back to last year. And Arkansas, and I'm sorry, but Arkansas' strength is going to be still running the ball. Yes, and know. kind so, of hopefully running through that. But mm-hmm. what happened last year is you, you throttled Texas week two. You played Rice week one. Yeah, that didn't go great, but you still won. Georgia Southern week three, right? Last year? Yeah. That sounds right. Okay, Georgia Southern. There. And then A&M, you get the win. You finally beat Aggies first time since 2011. Then you go into Athens. You're high. You're confident. But you're beat up. KJ's play with one leg. You're our defensive and offensive line. Just went through a grueling match. And you just got destroyed in Athens. Because I'll give Kirby Smart and his team credit. They were ready. And that fan base was ready at 11 a.m. There wasn't a single fan that was outside that stadium when 11 o'clock started. Probably at Ten fifty, they were all in the stadium. Give that fan base credit. If you make it through that stretch this year, like you did last year, is Alabama going to come in here and beat your brakes in like Georgia did? Does that home crowd, that home fan base, is that enough? Because those teams are going to be similar. Alabama's got a way better quarterback this year. They've got a better running situation with Jameer Gibbs or Jamar Gibbs that they brought in from G Tech, so they're going to be better there. If you enter that game in a week five situation as you did last year, will you actually make it a game unlike in Athens last year? Different teams, but same mentality, same mindset, same talent. You, Can you make it a game? Do you think George, Do you think Alabama's defensive line is going to be as intimidating as Georgia's defensive line at Athens? No. Okay. no Jordan. Do you I mean, think Arkansas has, what, four out of five starters back on the offensive line? Mm-hmm. Yes. So – a lot better chance probably controlling the line of scrimmage, at least on the offensive side of the football. Uh, home environment, yeah. 
you could have some success. Alabama's still pretty salty on defense. They got they got a linebacker. They'll be better on defense this year than they were last year. Toto is back. Battles back. He's their All American secondary that had like the best PFF coverage. They've got obviously Will Anderson. They've got Dallas Turner. They're going to have better a better defensive line I think than last year. And there are some people that are making a case this will be like one of the better, de- but it's still not that defensive line of number one player out of high school, Noel Smith. I think it's Noel Smith, Jordan Davis. They lost. I mean, they, Alabama, Georgia lost so much from last year's team to the NFL because they were in the Was it six talent. first round guys they had? That sounds right. Yeah, Tommy. so you'll know the week before, though, right? If Arkansas can keep the gloves up and compete, even if they don't beat A&M, you'll, you'll know whether or not they have a chance against Bama. At least, at least that's how it feels to me today. You'll know when you leave Arlington whether or not you got a chance the following week. If A&M rolls you up, it's going to be a long week for us getting ready for that yeah. game against Bama. It's going to feel like you're walking into another Lions stand if you get throttled in Arlington. So I think it's important for the team's psyche that even if you don't win in Arlington, you better play those guys to the wire, which has been the history of that series regardless. You had, let's, I mean, let's think about this. The only games that weren't close were in 2016 where Trevor yeah. Knight took over in that second half and the running game just killed you. And then two years ago in COVID where Kellen Mond played the best game of his life. Those are the only games that have not been decided by, I think, a score since well, 2011. Okay, but when they came they here got, in, in... Sorry, you got house by like Manziel. Manziel in 2012. Yeah. 2013, it was 45 to 33, so it was a 12 point game. Yeah. Most of those games, and if we want to just say Arlington 2014, they've been really close. Yeah, historically, they have been. I, I don't ever think, and maybe this is just a ignorant mindset. I never think going into the A and M game it's going to be a blowout. I always think it's going to be close. It's just a matter of Arkansas can take advantages of the gifts that the Aggies have mm-hmm. given them over the years, but. They finally did last year. And they got lucky with that Monteric Brown pick, too, Tommy, that I thought they were going to call him complete. Yeah. I really did. So, and uh, just for, for reference, A&M has Miami the week before they play the Razorbacks. So, just to give you a note of what will be on their plate ahead of the Hogs. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.